Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game of Love podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Smith, and I have Mr. Mike Ligori, my producer in the studio again today. I'm back, baby. <laughs> Love having you here, Mike. Yeah, of course. Uh, how's everything going? How are you? Great. Had a great weekend and um, got out and had some fun this weekend. Had a little girl time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what was that consisting of? Uh, we went downtown. We had dinner at Ophelia's. Um, oh, that's a good place. Yeah. Isn't it fun? Yeah, it is. I like the fried chicken and waffles that oh, they have there. Yes. I wasn't a big fan of those before, but when I went to Ophelia's like last year, I was like, holy shit. I didn't even know. First of all, did not know that that pairing was incredible. Second of all, go-to dish. At that place. Yeah, it's a cool place. It's a cool venue. You know, it's an old brothel. Yeah, that's what I heard. And the the owners of it, they own a bunch of restaurants in Denver. And so they kept the the brothel theme. And it's it's really cool. It's very eclectic and modern. They do a lot of shows there. So anyway, a little plug for Ophelia's. Uh, Shout out to Ophelia's. Hello, <laughs> Ophelia's. And then... Um, Went to the Four Seasons, had some cocktails, had a good time. Awesome. Played wing woman a little bit with one of my girlfriends. Of, that also doesn't surprise me <laughs> by any means necessary. I put my own dating tips and tricks into play this weekend. Yeah, well, you always do. Speaking of which, uh, you have part three of the Dating Survival Guide. So this is it. This is the last section. Yeah, we're going to wrap it up today. We're going to wrap it up today. And... I'm actually, I'm pretty excited about this because it's a pretty extensive list. That wasn't very enthusiastic. Like, are you really <laughs> Let excited? Let me try that again. <laughs> this is an extensive list. Love it. Was that better? Yes. Thank no, you. Uh, no, in all seriousness, it is. It's a great list. There's a lot of content in here. So without further ado, let's kick it off. So the first tip that you have for part three, go ahead What is it? The first one is have unwavering confidence in yourself. Oh, yeah. Because as we talked about on almost every episode, how tumultuous the dating world is right now. Yeah. There's ups and downs. You know, one moment we can be super excited, enthusiastic. The next we can feel really a little depressed, a little heartbroken. So... When we're going through all the ups and downs of dating, we really need a place within ourselves that is steadfast, grounded. We feel secure about ourselves and feel confident. Yeah, we got to be balanced, right? You got to have a place where um, a platform, like a home to go to. Yes, a home base. A home base, a locker room. You got to have, as you guys know, uh, I am a sports fan. So there will be sports references from time to time in the show. However, I'm trying to limit that per Jessica's request. (laughs) Well, actually, I, I was laughing you saying that because sometimes I will give advice in all sports references. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> it's like, I could do like, I could just take baseball. We could do like a whole dating session, baseball. Dating is sports. Really. It is sports. It is really you know, but, so, but anyway, anyway go, back, back right, to it without going down the rabbit hole. Yes. You do need a platform. You got to have a home base somewhere where, you know, is, is your center ground for me when, um, and not just in dating, but in life, you know, with work and the stresses that come along with it. Uh, for me, it's, it's a power nap. It's the meditation practice. It's journaling. It's that that's the place that makes me feel the most at home. Right. To go back, to restore, to feel 
to feel good. I always say to keep your mind right. I want to keep my mind right. So it's really important for us to have an arsenal of tools to stay optimistic, to stay excited about being in the world of dating, because there is a lot of possibility for good stuff to happen. Yeah. So when we feel solid about ourselves, when we're out dating, we have better experiences. We meet better people. We have better decision making. And we've talked about this on the show previously. Social media, it's a big impact on people's perception of their own self-value and worth. Uh, we're seeing it with pro athletes. We're seeing it with celebrities. We've seen it with businesses. And it's really important, as you said, that arsenal of tools to make sure that despite what the world is saying on social media, maybe it's not about you, but about your friend or somebody that you're with, or maybe it is about you. Right. You got to stay grounded and you got to stay centered. And, and those personal practices are really important. They are very important. And when we have moments that we sit down with ourselves and we're like, okay, what is best for me? This could be transcendental meditation. That's a very structured um, meditation practice. This can also just be sitting silently for seven minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, this can be really anything you want. There's so many different ways to meditate. I also am a huge fan of mantras. Yeah. I, I have a personal power mantra that I say on the daily. I say that while I'm on my yoga mat. I say that when I'm getting ready in the bathroom every day, when I'm on a date. I'll take a little bathroom break. I'll go into the mirror in the yeah. bathroom and I'm like, Jessica, this is who you are. This is what you do. And you're fantastic. I don't think you're the only one that does that. I, I mean, there's got to be people out there. I know, including me, that there's sometimes you go in the bathroom and you're like, you rule. Like today is your day. Right. And it may not be your fucking day, but maybe you want it to be right. That's and so right. you got to have that. Yeah. And I love, like I said, I love doing it on dates too, especially if you get a little nervous, yep. you're starting to feel a little off. Maybe you've had a couple of drinks and you're feeling a little tipsy and you don't know exactly what to do. I'll take a little time out, walk in the bathroom, you know, check my, my lip gloss. And I'm like, okay, girl, just be yourself. Have fun. You're amazing. Go get them. I would date me. <laughs> I would date me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes. go ahead. So, so having the having mantras, uh, positive self-talk. I'm an advocate. Be kind to yourself. And uh, another place I love this is uh, with prayer. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody has a, a religious affiliation that they want to pray in that capacity, or if this is just like, yo, universe. I need some help. I'm feeling a little insecure today. Yeah. Prayer doesn't, it, even though prayer is always associated with religion, it is, I, I think the meaning has changed drastically over the last couple of years for yeah. people. Um, we just, we were doing some research before the show that a quarter of Americans uh, identified themselves more as spiritual than they do religious, which shows you that most people are looking or trying to establish some sort of belief system for themselves. So right. for all of you out there, prayer is not, that of, of a religious context, like it used to be, it could be giving thanks to the universe. It could be giving thanks to your friends. Um, prayer is whatever you want it to be. And I know you do that often and you, and you talk about that uh, with the people you work with. I do. I love that. And I will ask people to have a moment with themselves and see what resonates with them and then build that in. It's, you know, having a, um, a private or personal, I like to say ritual. Yeah. You can just make that stuff up. And I say this in my 21 days to feeling gorgeous. I, I walk people through this, that you can design your own things. Like, for example, when we're praying, it doesn't have to be this biblical way of speaking. But make this authentic to you, what yeah. feels good to you. Totally agree. All right. 
Number two, what do you got for us? Oh, Mike, I love this one. Don't get thirsty. Stay hydrated with love. Don't get thirsty. Don't get thirsty. I, you know, the thirsty is a is a mainstream yeah. term about uh, it's a label of someone being needy, mm-hmm. right? It's like, ooh, that person's thirsty. They're needy. They 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 kind of reek of desperation. Right, was what that is. We don't like thirsty on this TV on this, <laughs> on this TV show on this on this podcast. We don't like thirsty. We don't like thirsty. It's it's not sexy, and most importantly, it is not healthy. It comes from a place of being deprived of love. That's really what it is. Mm. You know, people who are walking around thirsty are really not getting their needs met. When we are out dating and we're thirsty and we're trying to get our needs met, a lot of times we can find ourselves dating people that are not really good for us. Yeah, well, yeah, because we get to that point where you're dating somebody and your standards, your wants and desires like they all go out the fucking window you're just like oh uh this person looks maybe this person yeah right (laughs) or maybe they're and you think that you know what's crazy is uh you start thinking that they're more attractive than they really are in person because it it might have been a while especially if like you haven't like let's be real here like if you haven't been late in a while right yeah you're gonna sit across from somebody and say oh well I'll do them. Yeah, this That'll might do. Yeah, this might work. You know, it's you know we always we reference that like especially when people have been drinking alcohol like beer goggles, right? right. It's the same. Yes, it's the same. It's it's a similar uh, kind of a similar line of thinking, right? When it comes to the thirsty part, it is. And this is something that's near and dear to my heart. I've gone through this myself. I've been needy. I have definitely been needy, and I know what that feels like. And so. Um, The way that I came out of my neediness is with the love spectrum. The love spectrum is getting love in small doses. And we fill up on different forms of love. Right. Because there's there's love of family. Mm -hmm. There's love of friends. There's love of hobbies. Love of pets. So the way I, I really do a visualization when I'm doing this, that I will visualize, say I'm with my mom and we're out shopping. Or having a nice little mother and daughter day, I will say to myself, wow, I really, I feel like I'm getting full right now of love. Like I'm filling up right now on love and bringing awareness into this is really important. Bringing presence to these moments of filling up on these forms of love. Yeah. And and I think with love, a lot of people will get it confused. Like they try to think it's two separate forms of love, which Many would argue, yes, but, you know, one thing that you got to really focus on is, is that in this case of being thirsty is, is that open yourself up to receiving those types of love and don't kind of don't say, well, I, yeah, I already get, I've heard this before. I don't get love. I already get a lot of love from my family and parents. I just want someone in that aspect. Right. So they kind of get it confused. Like it's almost, it's not enough. Right. And that is a great point. And looking at all forms of love as one love, right? right? That's what you're saying. And something too with that, you know, I can tell you to go out and spend time with your family, fill up on that, spend, spend time with your friends, cuddle your dog. What's really going to fill you up is when you're present in those moments and really have appreciation. So if like you're cuddling your cat or your dog or, you know, whatever kind of lovely pet you have, and it's like, wow, this feels really good. Yeah, you shouldn't be, you should try really hard to not 
let your mind wander elsewhere. Yes, because a lot of people, they'll be sitting there with their friends and they're going through the motions, but they're thinking about like, if only I could be spending tonight with a guy. Right. Um, Several years ago, Jennifer Aniston was being interviewed by Oprah. And I found this really fascinating because Jennifer Aniston, she had just gone through a breakup. I don't know. It might have been Brad Pitt. So she had just gone through a breakup. And she said that she had this, what Oprah calls, aha moment. When she was doing a private yoga session with her best friend. And during this yoga practice, either before or after, they were sitting there just chilling on their yoga mats. And Jennifer said, well, this is exactly where I want to be right now. And that was so impactful to her because she had always been thinking about the next thing, the next thing, who, who, where am I going to go better, bigger, that when we're in those moments, this is exactly where I want to be. Well, and we live in a place or I should say a society where, you know, we see once again, going back to something like social media, we see what everybody else has and we do this comparison factor. Um, I think it's like the iceberg effect, I think they call it, where it's like we only see a part of the iceberg on top. So we always we know it's visible. We see that everybody's going to fucking Bali with their fiance. (laughs) Right. right? Or it's like they got this puppy and then it's like the cutest puppy in the world. And like we see all sorts of crazy shit. Right. But we don't see the 90 percent of the other stuff, which is the the struggle to maybe buy that house that they just got on that one picture or the fact that the dog like pees on your carpet or it takes a leak on your stuff every single night or chews up your toys. I know Winston does that to you all the time, right? But they see a picture of Winston, which by the way, everybody should see, Uh, (laughs) you you know, they don't see like the day to day with Winston, right? In your case. Definitely. So very important to be filling up on the spectrum of love, right? Getting small doses of love from different parts of our lives. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I talk about in my 21 days to feeling gorgeous course that's coming out soon, by the way, is filling up on vitamin P and that P is pleasure. Mm. And I see a lot of people who are restricting pleasure. Um, and, And when I say pleasure, this is good, healthy food. This is taking a cooking class or a dancing class, um, maybe little guilty pleasure of binging on, you know, your favorite shows or something. Right. That there is this deprivation that causes desperation Mm. and filling up on vitamin P is essential. And I could go down a little rabbit hole telling about the, talking about the neuroscience behind that. I mean, it's really getting pleasure is hardwired into our brains. Yeah. And that, that causes that desperation. And I think another, it's not felt right in, in, you know, the thing about vitamin P I think is really important, especially when you're looking and when we're talking about dating as well, is that, you know, we're always looking for things to fill us with pleasure. You know, you've talked about this before the dopamine hits that we're constantly getting. And so one thing I will add is that for everybody out there, like really figure out what type of pleasure is important to you. Right. Yes. Yes. Don't like don't just go out and binge watch on Netflix, eat a whole gallon of ice cream or just go nuts at like Pornhub. Yeah. (laughs) Go nuts on Pornhub or like pizza and just like do it all at the same time. Like you're going to go. It's going to be crazy. Right. Find the things that are important to you. Like for me, I get a lot of joy out of reading. I get a lot of joy out of, of thinking. And I also get a lot of joy about going to the gym and watching sports and, and doing other things 
um, like trips and on all that stuff. There's, but there, I'm not going to sit there and do 20 million of those things all at the same time. It's like system overload. Right. Absolutely. So finding your appropriate, healthy, authentic pleasure sources. Yes. And that's, and that's one thing that, um, you know, is really important as you guys go through this guide is to make sure that you guys understand what's important to you and figure out how to make time for that. All right. Number three, what do you got for us? Trust your guts. Oh yeah. Trusting your gut is the most powerful and underutilized dating tool that we have. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it is so powerful and disregarded. It's like we forget we even have it. Well, we're so concerned with what everybody else thinks about us or we're, we put a lot of weight into other people's opinions or advice. And sometimes we just forget that the real true opinion is ourselves is, is, is what that's what really matters. Right. And it's also very logical, too, when we're dating. It's well, does this person check these boxes? So we are approaching dating a lot of times very rationally and logically as opposed to using our gut and using our intrinsic feelings to guide us. And when we put a lot of weight into other people's opinions, um, sometimes that increases the chances for us to listen to people that don't have a successful track record Ooh. of something or that they they don't really know what they're talking about. So you could potentially, if you know, by not listening to your, your gut or trusting it in this sense, you could be listening to somebody that maybe has been having a really bad dating record and yet you wouldn't even notice that. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't even notice that. Um, but you listen to them anyway because maybe they're a friend of yours or maybe they're somebody that you've you've trusted for the last couple of years. Right. And then when you hear that, sometimes we can get derailed and, you know, go with their way of thinking very easily. And then there's that feeling inside of ourselves that goes, that's not right. But yet we ignore it. Right. So why do you think that is? Why do you think people are ignoring maybe their gut or, you know, they're they're not too sure how to tell the difference between kind of the perception piece or, you know, what's really happening in their body? And going back to that rational and emotional or intrinsic pull, our rational mind, it, it likes to take center stage yeah. and it, it leads us on. So asking questions of ourselves when we're with someone, how does this person make me feel? Hmm. Is this person positive, happy vibes? Do we feel good when we're around this person? And doing really a, a little check-in. I, I, I always say I check in with myself. How am I feeling about this person? And that keeps us uh, checking in with our gut and our intuition and getting us out of our heads and out of the logical way of looking at right. the, re- the relationship or the, the situation. Yeah. And the, and the noise piece is a, is a big component of that is making sure that we're not listening too much to the busyness, things that could cloud our judgment. I also think another thing, and this is not to preach sobriety by any means necessary, but sometimes we it's hard for people to make clear decisions when they're under the influence of things. So you can't really trust your gut if you're drunk as shit or you're high as hell. Those are things that you think that you have some sort of clarity around it. But that's not generally where the best decisions are being made. So it's really something that you got it. When we talk about noise, it's it's not just people, what they're saying to you, but it's also what you're putting in your body and what's happening in the environments that you're in. Right. And to your point. A lot of it can be our own shit, our own emotional issues, our own past traumas that can come in and and be another voice that 
can maybe sound like it's coming from a healthy place, but it's not. When we are out dating and meeting people, it's, you know, it's really important to not judge a book by its cover. Right. And to give people chances. However, our leading decision maker, if we're going to date this person or not, or to the extent of which we will date them, really needs to start with our intuition and our feeling about this person. Yeah. And it, and it just doesn't apply to dating, but life, business, relationships. There's been many times where I met somebody that was very reputable in business, super successful, made a crap load of money. But the moment I met that person, I was like, dude, something's, something's weird about this guy, mm-hmm. right? Or something's weird about this person. The Couldn't way that quite put your finger right, on it. Right. Like they were, they were just talking. Something was like, something didn't make sense. And my dad calls it the bullshit factor. You like, you know, <laughs> you know, like you can tell how full of shit somebody is. Yeah. Right. And so for me, that that has happened multiple times, but I still felt compelled to give that person a chance because I guess it's just how we're wired. It is. And we should always listen to that icky feeling, that that weird feeling. In which I didn't. Which you didn't. (laughs) Um, On the flip side of that, there are times that when we are out dating, we have our our list. I call it the love list. Mm. So we're going out into the world with our checklist of people that we're looking for. Right. Well, there was one time I was vacationing in Italy. I was in Florence and I was in this fabulous Oh, you're going to Italy soon. Yeah, I am in a couple of weeks. So have you been before? Yeah, I went last. I went actually not last summer, this past summer. And it was um, it was awesome. It's awesome. And you're Italian. Yeah. So Liguori. Only the good half. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, Italy, I was yeah. I was in Florence at this adorable restaurant. I haven't been to Florence, though, but um, but I'm going there this time. So oh, it's fabulous. Paint me, paint me a picture. <laughs> So it's this little kind of hole in the wall restaurant. Of course, they're all speaking Italian. It's all very chill and they eat dinner very late. So I think my friend and I sat down to have dinner and it's probably like 1030 or so. And we're just chilling out. Her and I are talking about our day. And there's this guy that chimed in behind us and it's very community. So it's like you're sitting at a table, but you can jump into somebody else's conversation. Gotcha. Like it's very friendly yeah. and everybody's. The t- you know, there is no such thing as personal space in Europe. No, there's no personal <laughs> space, which is fun because we, we were talking yeah. about something and the table next to us is like, oh, you need to go to a. That was my bad yeah. example of an Italian accent. <laughs> but anyway, the this guy chimed in from the table next to us. We start talking and next thing you know, he invites us to come over and sit with him. Okay, looking at this man, he was not checking the boxes. Okay, he's the shortest man I've ever dated. He's not. How, the how most, tall was he? He was. I had heels on and I was taller than him. So I'm, and you're pretty short. You're like what five three? No, I'm five five. Yeah, I don't know I'm about five, that. Five, I am five five. Recount. <laughs> I'm five five. I was just at the doctor like a few months ago. Okay, five, fair, five. fair enough. In heels, I'm like five seven, five eight. So he's probably like five six, five seven, and he wasn't, you know, on the outside checking on my boxes. But internally, everything was like, yes, trust him. He's good. He feels good. And I listened to that. We ended up having, we spent a couple of days together. We had a fabulous time, had great experiences in, Flor- in Florence. And um, we ended up having a really nice love affair. And he was really, he, he was like potential husband material. But, you know, Italy's kind of far away. I'm kind of 
That's sure. a really poor excuse. <laughs> I don't think anybody would say no to jump and ship to go to Italy. Um, but, but that's, you know, but that's but, an example yeah. of how I trusted my gut. When, right. You know, logically I was like, eh, but then my gut's like, no, he, this, this guy's good. He feels good. Yeah. And many of us do that where, um, you know, we see something that doesn't look like our type or doesn't see something that maybe fits what we're looking for, but trusting that gut piece as you did, clearly you had a good time. Right. So mm -hmm. that's a, that's a big thing. Um, especially when it gets into dating and when it gets into life is, is like rely on what you're feeling in your body. But, but to bring it back to you, what are some of the things that, that people can do to trust their gut more? Are there, um, is there like a practice? Is there anything that you could share with the, share with the audience? Well, a lot of this is not going to be tangible. Mm. It's going to be really hard to put your finger on it. And mentally, we're going to want to search for that tangible thing. You yeah. know, uh, we're going to want to check some boxes, listening to our intuition, trusting our gut. It's a very, it's a very subtle, soft thing that we do. And really it's looking at our bodies. Yeah. We get so much information in our bodies. I talk about this in the second episode, how to tell if he's lying, listen to feelings in your stomach. You know, if you're feeling like the icky butterflies, like kind of nauseous, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps your chest will start to tighten up and you just feel kind of squeezing. Some people when they're around people, they don't feel comfortable with might feel like they're being strangled a little bit. Yeah. And so just checking in the body and this can be, you can be on a date with someone and just sit there and take a moment. I mean, they could be talking. You just take a nice little inhale, a normal breath. And it's like, you can just ask yourself, how does my body feel? Mm. Mm, no, something's not feeling right. You know, I'm, I'm feeling weirded out. Right. And one big thing you need to make sure as well is, is that when you say, you know, I'm not feeling well or something doesn't feel right. Always make sure that it's not what you just ate either. <laughs> That's a big one. I've had, I've had that happen to me the one time. I had this. It's like, ooh, shouldn't have that burrito. Yeah, then you're like, wait a minute, that's not the burrito. You know, it was a little sketchy where I ate it from, but still, that's not the burrito. Well, and to that, you know, a lot of times we're nervous when when we're right. on dates, and you have to decipher that, yeah. that nervousness. It's, it's like, not the alcohol. It's not the food. You know, you got to yeah, figure that out. Yeah, it, it's not like. You know, that nervousness, it can be excited, like, oh, my God, I'm out on the date with this guy. I'm just totally crushing on him. Or that nervousness could be like, I do not feel safe. Right, exactly. So your last one. And to wrap up the three part series on the Daving Survival Guide. This is this is a good one. Um, I like it because it's 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 very straight to the point. So fire away, Captain. OK, just say fuck it and have fun. You got to, you got to, we have one life. Okay. We all have insecurities. We have fears. And if we let those insecurity and those fears hold us back, get us down, we are not going to enjoy our love lives and we're not going to enjoy our lives at all. You don't enjoy anything. You can't be out there in the world afraid of, as we've talked about throughout this episode, opinions, uh, thoughts, what's being said about us, even your own, the own voices in your head telling you stuff that maybe like worry and doubt are there as well. You can't have that hold you back from experiencing travel or yes. experiencing having great friendships and relationships. I mean, who, who in the fuck cares what other people think of you? That Dr. Seuss says it best. 
those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. That was beautifully said. I know that was funny because I was like, was that the quote? Like, what was the quote though? I got it. I did it. <laughs> yeah, you did. there you go. <laughs> but you're right because, you know, there's there's so many times that we we look at or we think about our lives consistently yeah. and often we're we're thinking about like, oh, we may, did we send an email to somebody? You know, we always do like the, the, the like the double check, right? Like, right. did we send an email to somebody and did we offend somebody or did we say something that we're not sure was the right thing to say? And we're always constantly doing that. And that creates a lot of distraction for us, right? Like that creates a lot of, I'm not sure, you know, I, it creates fear, anxiety, as I mentioned before, worry and doubt. We live in that world. It prevents us from having great times. It does. And it's always great to double check and take a look at ourselves to make sure we are of integrity. Right. And to your point, a lot of times we get caught up in what others think and we're worried about, you know, I hear this from guys a lot. I don't know if I make enough money to Mm. pull this great girl in. A lot of times women will feel insecure about their looks. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not skinny enough. Right. I, I hear that stuff all the time. And it's like, you know what? There's somebody out there that finds you attractive, that your income is just fine for them. And going back to the fuck it, like, would you rather sit at home, be insecure, not meet great people, maybe not experience wonderful, passionate love? Or would you rather just say fuck it? Be the best version of yourself, even if you're not making the money that you're making, you're not as thin as you want to be. Just say, you know what? I'm great as I am. I'm going to rock it. I'm going to get out there and I'm going to enjoy myself. I had a friend uh, who played professional sports. And after he retired, once in a while, like people knew who he was and they would come up to him at a bar and they would say they would say things to him, which was really weird, because if you meet somebody that played professional sports, you, you would think that there'd be a little bit of admiration. They would be like. Oh, yeah, I remember you didn't play that much, did you? And it was kind of like taking, yeah, these like these like these weird fucking digs at him. And he had a great saying. The saying was, I'd rather be a has-been than a never was. Yes. And so it so whenever he would say that to these people, they would they wouldn't have anything to say. But it was his way of saying, I put myself out there. So what if I wasn't a Hall of Famer? So what if I wasn't an all-star baseball player? Right. I made it there. I did my best. And I walked away from the game knowing that that is the best. I could do and I enjoyed it, but it's a different part of my life. And so, you know, that that goes back to the whole thing when it comes to dating. So when you don't think you're attractive, you're probably one of the few people that thinks you're not that attractive. Right. Right. Or the making enough money thing. Like, what does that really mean? Is that making enough money for you or for somebody else? Because I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of you out there. Yep. Like, let's just call it how we say it. There's a lot of you out there. That are dating people that don't have jobs, that still live at home with their parents, right? That that you know are still in school for ten years, right? Like let's let's not fake the funk here a little bit. Like, That's right. So you know if, if this is all subjective, it is. It, it really is. And like you were saying, we start comparing ourselves to other people. You know, women will start to like, oh well, she's she's thinner than me. She's fitter than me. Her lashes are longer. You know, her makeup's better. It's like, honey. You are beautiful as you are. Like somebody is dying to be your man. I got a guy question for you. Oh. You ready for this? Yeah. So do women like guys who are incredibly muscular? Because I, I have a lot of a lot of my buddies from college, from the time when I was in the military, they go hard in the gym and they're trying to like stay swole. And they're like, man, girls just love like the big muscular dudes. I've heard 
from some girlfriends that they don't find that attractive. Like there's a, there's a size limit, like too big is too much or too muscular is too much. Can you answer that question? For yeah, me? I can. We all have different preferences. Some women are going to just be dying over like that. Like the bodybuilder type. Yes. I mean, there are people that love it, love it, won't date any guy that doesn't have that level of fitness or strength or muscular. And there's a lot of women out there that like dad bods. Yes. Is that true? That is true. Oh. We all have different preferences. And I think a lot of people will look at me and they're like, oh, she, I think they have, they, they assume I like a certain type of guy. Right. And really when I tell guys what I like, they're like, really? You like that? And I'm like, I like a, I like a guy who's big, like big stature. That's relatively fit, but I like, I like some fat on a guy, but I will also say this and not just (laughs) (laughs) like some meat on the bones. There you go. I mean, we all like a little meat on the bones, but where this doesn't apply though, is that I don't know one woman that says they don't like a man that doesn't cook. I think all women love a man that cooks. Yes. That is super sexy. And we all love food. So I think when somebody says they love to cook, I think that is, I think that's super sexy. And There is someone out there looking for whatever you have to offer. Right. So it really doesn't matter. I should say this. The narrative that you create in your own head is your narrative. It's not what everybody else is saying to you. It's mostly you. So, you know, the attractive skinny, the attractive, the muscular, the skinny piece. Like, yeah, you were just talking about that earlier. You know, it's like, you know, if you're not making the money you're making, you're not as thin as you want to be. Like just rocking it. And everybody is scared. Well, yeah. And you know what? And everybody's scared shitless too out there. Oh my gosh. Everyone is scared. Like (laughs) I just reiterated exactly what you said, but everybody is scared. And you know, with the, the clients I've had over the years from professional athletes, film producers, big executives, they're all scared. Yeah. I mean, when I'm sitting there with an NFL player and he's pouring his heart out and his, his fears, like in detail, one of the biggest things I heard from one of my favorite clients is he said, I will never know if a woman truly loves me for me. Oh, yeah. Or she loves me for my fame, money, what I can do for her. The clout. Like when he said that to me, that I was like, whoa. Yeah. hit me like a ton of bricks. That shit's real. That's sh- real. That shit's real. Not just even with pro athletes, but executives too. And even, yes. even like for the, on the, on the flip of that, right? Like women who are high powered executives, we're seeing more and more of them. Like they're experiencing the same stuff that men are used to experience and are still experiencing. It's like, how do I know this dude's not dating me for my money? How right. do I know this dude is not just trying to like ride my coattails right. to see where I go? Yeah. Okay, so something that I love that you say to me, I've heard you say it to other people in conversations, the sum of threes. Yeah, the sum of three rule. uh, This is something that I've adopted within probably would say the last six months. And for me, it's it's really allowed me to live with more freedom, a little bit more uh, independence and joy in my life. And so the sum of three rule is, is that a third of people love you and they like you. And you can think of your family, maybe your close friends that you still talk to. But there's another third. And that other third is they don't love you or like you. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they they have hatred towards you or ill will. 
it's mostly because they just haven't developed that for you. Okay. Is right? it like disregard almost? Kind of. It's a little bit more of you're not, you know, in terms of the layers of relationships, like I've always thought that relationships are, they're not just one type of relationship. There's so many different layers and, and levels to it that we have our inner circle and then we have people that we've worked with before that, you know, we're Facebook friends with and it's like, oh, cool. Like so-and-so had a baby and you're going to say congratulations and shit. Right. Yeah. But in this case, it's, they just haven't developed a love for you because okay. they haven't spent time with you. They like you part as well. That's, this goes only one or two ways, right? It's they've hung out with you and they simply just don't like you. And chances are you probably don't like their ass either, right? The other part is they haven't spent enough time with you anyway to even consider going out with you again, maybe going to a sporting event, going out to the bars, going out to a movie, whatever the case is. So it's not really personal. It's, it's more time dependent. Okay. But there's one more third. And this is the third that I think a lot of people uh, don't take into account when they're trying to either A, establish a brand, B, build a company, or C, they're just out there dating, is that a third of people don't have an opinion about you, nor do they care to have one. So you just don't matter to them. Something I read about psychology maybe like a year ago that a close coworker told me about was a theory called Dunbar's number. So Dunbar, uh, Dunbar's number is, is that you only have a finite number of relationships that you're able to maintain at one time. I think the number is 150. Wow. So whatever the case is, we have thousands of Facebook friends. We Some of us have had followers. Some of us have like gone from preschool, middle school, high school. You got to think of all the fucking people you met. Mm -hmm. It is impossible for you to maintain healthy, close relationships with all the people that you've met in your life. So going back to the rule of three, yeah. there's three groups. Yeah. There's the people that like you. And love you. And love you. Yep. Second group is they don't love you they or like you, you or like you. And the third group is they don't have an opinion on you, nor do they care to have one or they just might not like you. Right. And think about it like from your personal standpoint, like how that's applicable in your own life. Right. A dating life. When yeah. you're out in the world, whatever gender you're yep. you're interested in. A third of those yeah. might like you. They're going to think you're the hottest thing since sliced bread, since yes. color TV, since whatever, you know, since anything that you could possibly think of. And those and those are the like in, in for a guy's perspective, right? Like those are the women that you should be focusing on. Absolutely. So the people that don't have an opinion yeah. are like kind of like, meh, whatever. Yeah. And there's going to be like, no, like, I don't find that person attractive. Well, and the people that don't have an opinion about you, it's nothing personal. No, you it's just, not. You, you know, you, you've talked about this a lot too, that you're not everybody's cup of tea. That's right. And that's okay. Right. But the love you or like you part, that's the same thing too. They might... I can tell you right now, you know, when I was single and I was out in the bars in New York City, there were times where I thought I I thought I was like, man, every girl in this bar is thinks I'm an attractive dude. And like, I would walk up to this girl and I just remember it, like the couple of times I did say that shit to myself. I remember I walked up to this girl and I was like trying to be the smoothest person in the world. And I was like, can I buy you a drink? And she said, fuck, no. Dang. I got smoked real bad. And I'll never, and like, that shit stunk. And that's when you're like, rule of three. Yeah, right. Well, and I didn't know that back then. But once, I, once I've once i applied this rule to my life, it's, yeah. it's really helped me figure out that what really matters to me and what doesn't. And so these opinions that we have when going back to just say fucking and have fun. You know, that that's the one thing that has really kept me grounded. As you were mentioning the first point, like having something that just keeps you grounded is just knowing that, you know, if there's 100 people in the room, you're lucky that roughly 33 point whatever the hell it is, 3 percent are actually going to really like you, admire you and want to talk to you. That's right. But the other two thirds, 
They don't, they don't have time for you, nor do they want to have time for you. So don't let those two thirds affect you. Right. Cause they don't matter. Right. You know, and then, and that also goes with the preparation for dating. Yeah. You know, is, is the sum of three rules when yep. you're going out and dating. I know that since I've told you about that rule and how you can apply it, um, there's some things that you do for yourself when you prepare for dating. I absolutely do. And going back to the fuck it, just have fun. Before every date, I will. I'll look at myself in the mirror. I'll say to myself, I'm like, just be you. Yeah. Because over the years, I had, uh, back in the day when I started dating and I would turn to my friends for a little pep talk before I go out, they all said the same thing. They said, Jess, just be you. You're an amazing woman. Just be you and they'll love you. Isn't that crazy, though, that we have to hear that from other people, right? Or instead of ourselves. Right. So I, I heard it for so long. And then now I don't ask my friends anymore. Now, before I go on a date, I say, honey, just be yourself and have a great time. Yeah. So I set that intention that I'm going to be my own special, unique, authentic self. I'm not going to let my insecurities. Like there's times I go on dates. I don't feel sexy. I might have a pimple. I might have eaten like crap that whole week and I've gained a few pounds I'm not totally feeling myself, but I'll just like, I'll just like snap myself out of it. I'm like, no, right. We are not going to let that low vibrational thinking. Like I'm an amazing person. It doesn't matter if I'm four pounds heavier and have a pimple. I'm still beautiful. He's still, you know, lucky to be spending an evening having dinner with me and having a conversation. We're going to have a great time together. I'm beautiful. We're going to have fun. Yeah. And one of my favorite quotes is the problem is not the problem. The problem is your attitude with the problem. Right. That, your problem is not the pimple. No. It's how unsexy you feel about yeah, it. It's you how know? you see the pimple, right? Yes. And so uh, that was Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. But <laughs> but I love that quote because it's really applicable to not just, you know, the kind of the life and the other facets we have going on, but dating especially, right? It's you, you think you're going to have a bad date or you think that the, you know, you're the dating is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not dating is the problem. It's your perception of dating with everything can be fixed with help, right? With, with coaching, with good friends and close networking. So if you have a, like a, a real, let's just say it like a really shitty attitude towards mm-hmm. dating, then you're going to have shitty experiences. If you're like you, where you're kind of like, I'm going to have the best fucking time in the world. I don't care who this dude is. <laughs> yep. I'm just going to have the best time. Yes. I don't even know when the last time you had a really bad date was. It's been a long time. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you've gone out with because it's all about your perception and stuff. That's right. And I, I take it as my responsibility to keep my mind right, to feel good about myself. And, you know, I treat people with kindness and compassion and have a good time no matter what. And that's a wrap. That is the wrap on the Dating Survival Guide. Just make sure that you guys listen to the other two previous episodes, including this one, so you get the most out of dating. Jessica, bravo. Great guide. Glad you were able to release it finally. Maybe we will get this made into a book or something. Hey. I don't know. Coming soon. Potentially. Mike, thank you so much for being here. You know I love you, and I love having you in here, hearing your stories, your insights. Thank you so much. And you guys, remember, I am here to help with all of your love and dating difficulties, situations, inquiries. You guys follow me on Instagram, jessicasmith.love. I post every day. You can follow my stories, and and you can get play-by-play Jessica. And she will respond to DMs. That is something that we have really talked about as of late, that being of service to you guys and Jessica with all the knowledge that she has. One of the things that she has seen a lot of is an influx of DMs talking about 
dating, talking about relationships, patterns of things that they're seeing. And Jessica, I will say this 100% guarantee Jessica will respond to you. We promise you that she can, she has to this day. I, will, she I got love for you. And you guys, thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate you um, taking the time to listen to these podcasts for subscribing rating. I have much love for you guys. So thank you so much. It's been awesome. Thank you, Mike. Until next time, get out there and love each other. 